Hello, everyone. Welcome to Comically Exposed, um, episode 11. I am Heather, and my hey. co-host is... Gabby, who couldn't wait to get on the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, we're back. We sure so. are. So you're welcome, I think is what you meant to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now that I just keep stepping on your toes, but for the avid listener, and we know there are dozens of you, we said last week that we had an interview coming up and or last episode, and we do. It's just taking a little bit of technical finesse because the joys of international recording have have come to roost, mixed metaphors. And uh, <laughs> Heather being our intrepid everything is having to uh, square a few circles. Is that another good metaphor to toss in? Sure. Um, Analogy. Yeah, no, it just, it got complicated. It went beyond my knowledge base. I figured it out now and now we're going to have an interview. So yeah, um, yes. episode 12 coming up next will be a gay. Yeah. And it's awesome. The interview went really, really well. It's too bad that like we can't just use the raw footage because of all the technicality stuff. But <laughs> it was a really uh, informative interview and hilarious. And I definitely I'm not going to say that I didn't have empathy for contamination o OCD before. I, I definitely did. But it's, you know, it's really interesting to hear other people's flavors of OCD and how it's affect them and where they think it originated from and all that stuff. So, yeah, yeah, it, it was a fun interview and Ege is <laughs> hilarious. So hopefully um, I can't wait for you guys to listen to it. Yeah. Um, so uh, Gabby, so yes. what has, do you have any updates for us? Oh, boy. I do. Um, some of the updates are uh, about the job search, still doing it, really getting into having a gentle grasp as to jobs that I am going to apply to. So like, you know, maybe I apply to jobs in Sacramento, maybe I apply to jobs in LA, maybe I apply to jobs, you know, in the Bay Area, whatever. I'm being kind of curious, right? Yeah. And in talking to my OCD therapist this past week, he reiterated that it is the employer's job to decide whether or not I'm qualified. Like me deciding whether or not I'm qualified for a job, I'm always going to say that I'm not qualified. Do you know what I mean? Like that is just <laughs> my like fallback position, which might be why it's so hard for me to get another job. And he's like, that's that's not like you need to apply. And then somebody else gets to say, oh, we love you. Please come work for us. Or, oh, you have no skills here, but we want <laughs> to hire you. Or you have no skills here and we don't want to hire you. You know, whatever. So that's happening. The application for these state jobs is, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so much. It's so much of like, okay, fill out this, you know, basic application form and then fill out your resume, but then also fill out this other form that shows your experience level, but then also write us a letter about projects that you've done. But all of them require like different formats and different websites to, you know, look at. So anyway, trying to be very gentle 
with the whole <laughs> dang process. But my homework, you know, for my ADHD therapist was to come up with five different jobs that I would like to possibly have. And I've come up with those. So that's cool. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. So you're you're getting used to going back a little bit, the bureaucracy of trying to apply for a government job. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, Being is, cool with it. Yeah. <laughs> Fascinating process. Um, <laughs> so then, um, and you also mentioned earlier, and you kind of like hopped over it a little bit. Never which is once asked. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> when you're talking about curiosity, yeah, becoming more curious about jobs, and then also allowing the employer to select you, uh, would you like to expand upon that kind <laughs> of idea of of like because I'm yeah. I'm I'm circling the drain of rejection. <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, because yes, <clears throat> in the past, perhaps now as well, I would love to control the outcome of everything, and that's the mm-hmm. OCD aspect, which I think you're nudging at. Yes. And the pain of rejection, OCD promises that I wouldn't have to go through rejection if I just follow the OCD playbook, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and never mind that the OCD playbook is, you know, touch that pine cone over there, you know, yeah. do these mental compulsions, all very normal stuff. Yeah, so I can somehow make it. Uh, I don't know. I guess I think I'm talking in circles right now. It's so well, I can no, I, the outcome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's about control. I mean, that's what OCD wants to do, right? Mm-hmm. Is like, is to control an, um, uncertainty. Yes. And so make it certain. And the only way that we could make it certain is to be f- sure about something and mm-hmm. or avoid it. Not life. Com- yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Or avoid it altogether. Exactly, which is my favorite compulsion. Uh, (laughs) And so with job stuff, that's usually my compulsion is like, well, I can't, I don't, (laughs) like I can't If you don't apply, they can't reject you. Exactly. And also the perfectionism comes in as well, which is Mm -hmm. let me make this application so perfect that they won't reject me. Let me, you know, do all this extra research into the company, into the job position, into like looking at Glassdoor and comparable salaries. And then, you know, doing all this extra research, which would be fine if I was somebody who was in a field that I wanted to continue in was looking at like just a a set amount of jobs already in this field. But instead, I'm casting a very wide net. Because what I really know is I don't want to be in education anymore. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All of that, if I did the same level of research into each one of those positions, You know, it is uh, the Internet exists, so it is a never ending rabbit hole and I will never feel that just right feeling. My application will never be perfect. And so instead, I will do three quarters, 95 percent of an application and then just not send it in, not get it in by the deadline Whatever it is so that I, you know, maybe it's self-sabotage in other circles, but in OCD, it's avoidance. Yeah. It's like very simply avoidance. And yeah, I feel you on that one (laughs) because I do that one too. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's a shame because it's like the amount of work that I've put into the application and not turned it in. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I think if the employer knew that amount, they would be like, oh, shit, like this is a very hard worker. This is somebody who would be great, you know, maybe not for this position, but for something else. But I don't also the application process, you really have to be a salesman of yourself. Mm -hmm. And I hate that. And I know a lot of people hate doing that. And I've tried to kind of farm it out. You know, I've tried to work with career counselors and it's maybe I just haven't found the right one. But it has it has not really been helpful. (laughs) (laughs) And the whole point of me getting this job is so I can do comedy. You know, like I was just Mm -hmm. talking to a friend of mine who was like, hey, there's this open mic night and they do comedy and music. That's it you know, what time do you get off of work on Tuesdays? And I'm like, technically 8 p.m., but really if I do all of my paperwork, like 9.30 p.m. And the show starts at 7.30 and the sign-up is 6 p.m. So, you know, and that's true for like most open mic nights. So if I really want to make a play at stand-up comedy, I need a job that's 9 to 5 or Mm part-time or whatever the hell it is, but not this job. The curiosity mindset also comes into play because the other methodologies are white knuckling, which I'm sure comes up with other things besides OCD. But for OCD, it is your anxiety raises. Mm -hmm. Um, You're basically just this side of a panic and (laughs) you are pushing yourself through an experience or whatever it is, but you're white knuckling. So you're not really present you're not really there I guess I don't know do you have thoughts on white knuckling yeah yeah I mean I I think you're just you were right when you said you're not present um because if anything when I'm in that mode I'm not very nice to myself oh yeah um yeah you know I'm just like being extremely critical like self-critical about, you know, why don't you just do this? Just do it, you know, and just kind of yelling at yourself, um, (laughs) which, you know, is not a great motivator if somebody else is doing it to you. (laughs) (laughs) It turns out not a great motivator if you do it to yourself. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And, And anything that we've learned in therapy is being mindful. And then also, you know, I think we say this a lot, but self-compassion comes in to play a lot, you know, to kind of remind yourself that you're human. Yes. Um, which is a weird thing to say out loud, but it's very true. Oh, God, is it ever. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. So and I'm, I'm also, glad you noticed that too. You. Like, you know, yeah, that, that you were in that mode. Even when you're in that mode, it's just acknowledging it. It's just like. Is the first step. Exactly. Kind of yeah. like dismantling it to, to, to getting back to, oh, what do I want to choose to, to do in this moment or to how to handle this moment? And exactly. I also think that curiosity is a better way of saying it than, um, you know, we've talked about uh, CBT and I had a CBT therapist that didn't work out for me because if you have intrusive thoughts and cognitive behavioral therapy, that's CBT, they say write down all of the intrusive thoughts and then write down like counter arguments to like the negative <laughs> ones. But I'm like, I will never stop doing this exercise because it will just bring up more thoughts and then I'll have to counterbalance those thoughts. And then those 
counterbalances, I have counter counterbalance thoughts that come up. Like it's a never ending whirlpool. And um, the CBT therapist was not really on board. And I was like, oh, you don't work with OCD people, do you? Anyway, the whole point of that is to say the other piece of psychology, uh, which you and I talked about on the last podcast is the like, positive psychology the whole like well just think happy thoughts and then you'll be a happy person (laughs) and it's like yeah if it was that easy i i'd be doing it do do you know what i mean yeah yeah for me it's more like i would actually feel things um because a lot of the a lot of my issues before um i I went to my current psychiatrist was that I felt like I couldn't feel my emotions. Right. And so when people were saying like, just put a positive spin on it. And then I'm like, (laughs) you're like on what? I can't feel anything. (laughs) I know it's like, and so, you know, of course that brings up other things with OCD is like, you know, am I a sociopath or whatever, you know? And so (laughs) (laughs) I totally had those thoughts. Yeah. Uh (laughs) You know, it's like where you take those like, polls or not polls but um the online quizzes, quizzes. yeah, yeah. Are oh you my god psychopath? online quizzes yeah. yes oh my god <laughs> those are <sighs> so horrible <laughs> yes truly but that's the thing is like so instead of and also the like have a grateful mindset you know what i mean or even mm. the whole like mindfulness which i think originally was about something very specific, but has been kind of used in a sort of pop psychology, you know, Instagram, TikTok-y way to describe like some nonsense as well. The, Mm -hmm. The curiosity mindset, I like a lot more. It resonates with me because it's like, you know, when people, okay, when people talk about being a kid, and like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, have have like a child's mindset and whatever else and the innocence of a child and the naivete. And I'm like, innocence and naivete are not cool things, truly. They're not things that are going to help you survive in this life. And they're really not things that should be valued because it kind of devalues actual experience and I don't know anyway it doesn't matter the whole point is the thing that is cool about being a kid is being curious about everything and it's actually to me it's more of a balanced way to look at the world it's like I'm not looking at it thinking well the worst will happen and I'm not looking at Mm -hmm. it thinking well the best will happen I'm looking at it and going oh, I wonder what will happen. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I I think, um, yeah, curiosity. And then that's, that's the level where I have to check myself if I'm doing research, um, on Mm -hmm. a topic, because sometimes I don't catch my compulsions as well. And, and since, you know, we're both problem solvers, um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, sometimes they could feel the same at first. Yes. Um, and, and when I pull myself back and I ask myself a question, am I, am I asking myself open-ended questions? Is it like more curiosity or am I trying to control something? Yes. You know, and, and then you start to see the distinction mm-hmm. um, between the two. Or the other thing is uh, control could also look like, is this just right? Like, am I going towards something, you know, and searching for something as if this is the right answer mm-hmm. um, versus just being a little bit more open about what's happening and, and allowing whatever the answer to be the answer um, yeah. or not an answer. Yeah. Be open to the idea of not getting an answer. Exactly. Yeah, is, 
is powerful. Yeah. And it always like when I was a kid and I was like, I'm going to grow up and be a scientist. It was mostly because, you know, once I heard about scientists and like the scientific method, it was like you start off with a hypothesis, but then you observe shit or you do an experiment and then you're like, oh, what actually happened? Right. It's like, yeah, I, I thought that maybe lemurs could talk. Right. But then I, <laughs> you know, watched a bunch of lemur videos. Nobody's talking. And so, you know, my conclusion is, yeah, I don't think lemurs can talk, but it's just that like, like having a question, but not having the question be a leading question, not having, like you said, uh, needing to control the outcome. And so with the state job, it's like, maybe I'll move to Sacramento, which is interesting because I, you know, grew up in Davis and I have a deep loathing of the Central Valley because that's where I grew up. And it was mostly like the junior high and high school years were spent there. So the best years. Um, (laughs) And so it was like, you know, when I graduated high school, I was like, I'm never fucking coming back to this place ever again. (laughs) You know, and my family moved away from there. So it was like, yeah, I'm never going back to Central Valley. And now I'm like, you know what? Sacramento actually has a better it's more affordable than the Bay Area. Of course, like pretty much any place in the world is more affordable than the stupid <laughs> Bay Area at this point. But the affordability factor means artists can afford to live there, which means mm-hmm. there will be a more thriving comedy scene, which means, you know, and potentially I'll be able to like live in a semi-decent house or apartment or just any sort of living situation instead of, you know, potentially renting a $3,000 room here and, you know, there's black molds in all four corners. And you have 10 roommates. Yes, exactly. (laughs) The thing is, they're all named Henry and it's weird. It's weird. Because they won't go by like, oh, that's Henry A and that's Henry P. No, no. They only go by Henry. No, Hanks. Mm -hmm. It's just Henry. Everybody turns around. And it's like, (laughs) then they'll say Henry's the one who ate the peanut butter. And I'm like, God, but I don't know which Henry. <laughs> anyway, my life is hard. Uh, yeah, so having a curiosity mindset about a job search is very beneficial, even in just looking at job postings. It's mm-hmm. like, I don't know, maybe, cool. Do you feel like there's more possibilities? Yes. Oh, my God, a thousand percent. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's kind of like looking at life and this as more of an adventure, which when I felt Mm -hmm. like my mentals have been in a healthier position, that was kind of my outlook on life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, this also goes into making choices, which is very difficult for me because with that just right OCD, you want to make the right choice and the right choice is whatever feels right and so to do that you may need to research or you may need to you know game out in your head well what if I choose left well what if I choose right well if I think about all the possibilities then I'll make the right choice and it's like oh for the love of Pete now you've been in your head for (laughs) three hours and no decision has been made you know so Mm -hmm. anyway that's how I'm feeling how about you my friend it's been going on these past (laughs) couple weeks (laughs) um Didn't get as much done as I thought I would for writing. I was going to work on short humor and then be a little bit more open-ended with writing my pilot script. But uh, life happens. And then also I got caught up in trying to fix the last interview of the podcast, which I learned a lot. 
um, mm-hmm. on how to fix. It's it's funny. I'm learning a lot about audio, so I'm not going to discredit that I didn't work on anything. Good. It's just um, it's still a feeling that's uncomfortable. Mm. You know that I just didn't do it, get it done, and you could have just done that. You had time, and in, in reality, if I really looked at you know the last two weeks, I'm like I had a lot going on. It's just you know, not a lot of writing time, which happens sometimes. Sometimes I get so much writing time, mm-hmm. you know, and I feel like I didn't get enough done, <laughs> you know? And yeah. so it's just kind of sitting with that discomfort and realizing, yay, you know, I'm getting our podcast done and mm-hmm. that's, that's okay. I would say more than okay. And that's not just because <laughs> we're currently on the podcast, <laughs> but I deeply appreciate it. And it is, uh, I know that you say that it's interesting work to you, but it is also so much work that you put into it that I, I'm really thankful for. Oh, well, thank you. I find it interesting because it's something I've never done before um, in terms of audio work. I'm still very much a novice. Um, You know, if I have to fix something, it's a lot of YouTube a lot of YouTube videos um, of people telling me how to fix things. And, you know, sometimes they work and sometimes I'm like, that's stupid. I'm not doing that. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the modern way to do things. You know, I mean, at one point you didn't know how to do something. You'd go get the manual from the library or purchase it at a bookstore. But now it's YouTube videos. I know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's kind of fun. I mean, the podcast stuff is fun. I mean, talking about the podcast on the podcast is whatever it is, but Mm -hmm. I know, I know, I know. Get over it, Heather. Um, Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) but I think it is a fascinating process because I'm getting better and faster at cutting and editing our podcast. But every now and then I run into some technical difficulties and it kind of I don't know, broadens my knowledge base of Mm -hmm. audio stuff. And so Mm -hmm. um, didn't realize I would be into it. So that's kind of, I don't know, I think it's kind of cool. I think it's very cool. (laughs) Mostly I feel very lucky that you think it's cool. (laughs) You make the podcast sound amazing and then it's interesting to you. So that seems like a double yay. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I'm like trying to figure out how do I respond to this? I don't know. It's positive. That's my clever way. Yeah. Because I can only hear positive <laughs> because that's my mental state and I need everyone around me to be positive and I need you to be positive when I'm not around you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Toxic positivity. Mm-hmm. It affects mm-hmm. the structure of water, Heather. Yes. And yes. then you drink it and then it becomes you. So... <laughs> Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So we're done with the conspiracy segment, but. (laughs) So, um, Gabby, um, what are you going to work on in the next two weeks? Well, actually, there are some other things that came up this week that I wanted to quickly talk about. Um, One of them is I went to an eye doctor recently and, you know, uh, you know, when you're tired or you've been driving a lot or you've been reading a lot and um, you see double. And so you just go ahead, slap a hand over one eye so that you can just see one (laughs) of the words uh, at a time. Um, or you're driving and it's at night and you're seeing the street signs as, um, double 
And so you just drive around like a pirate <clears throat> with your hand covering one eye so that you can just read things. Uh, I went to an eye doctor a couple of years ago and I was talking about this and she was very <laughs> not only dismissive, but like almost actively angry with me that I <laughs> <laughs> like brought it up, I guess. And she was like, like what you're describing is serious. I, I can't even remember the vocabulary. I can only really remember like my feeling walking away from <laughs> this situation, which was like, that wasn't helpful. You know, she just <laughs> sort of was like treating me as though my concerns were just to get attention from her, I guess. I don't know. I mean, this is Kaiser and the doctors are only allowed to talk to you for like 15 minutes at a time for these appointments. So I went to another Kaiser doctor yesterday and the first half was great. She was telling me how young my eyes are, mostly because everybody in the waiting room had like beyond white hair and their <laughs> hearing aids were going off like a like a Thurman, like that instrument where you wave your hands <laughs> next to uh, an antenna and it goes like, <laughs> but they didn't seem to care. They were just sitting there with their ears just doing like a full EDM set and they didn't seem to care at all. So uh, did you so bring the, the glow sticks? Yeah, I was just like I was adding bass because it was a lot uh -huh. of trouble. So I was just. But they're, they're, they did a lot of like not making eye contact with me. So I don't know what that's about. Mm -hmm. But when the eye doctor was like, oh, my gosh, look at your eyes, you know, corneas, clear, retinas, stunning, you know, no floaters in the eye, just gorgeous, youthful eyes. And I was like, thank you. Continue. And then I said, you know, there is this one thing. So I talked about the double vision and she was like, huh, OK, let's do some tests. So we did a bunch of tests. And the fun thing is it's not double vision side to side which is like the classic double vision, you know, drunk people seeing double, you know, your eyes kind of cross and you can see two of things, but it's like, again, side to side. Mine is one on top of the other. Um, mm. And uh, it requires something called prism lenses that is like added to your prescription. And it's because my eye muscles are being weak. <laughs> So I didn't like that. Didn't like it at all. I was like, so are there yeah. exercises I can do? She said, doesn't work for adults. I was like, okay, cute. And then she brought up perimetopause, which I was like, um, can we go back to me being youthful again? Because I <laughs> loved that. Uh, and she also pointed out that I apparently tip my head slightly to the left. And wow. uh, that is me trying to line up my eyes because when the muscles are weak, what is happening is my left eye is moving slightly <laughs> upwards and my right eye is moving slightly downwards. And I don't mean like in my face. I mean, just like independently of each other, like in the socket. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I don't know. Immediately, I was thinking of Marty Feldman, who is like in Young Frankenstein. He's Igor. Yeah. And he's yes, a yeah. very famous comic actor whose eyes were, I believe they call them wall eyes, where one eye is going to one wall and the other eye is mm -hmm. going to the opposite. Uh, so I guess mine would be ceiling floor eyes eventually. <laughs> uh, yeah. The thing is, is it's making me feel very out of control and it's also bringing up a lot of past stuff about health. 
um, mm. which is I have some actual health conditions. Um, and I've had a lot of medical people not only poo-poo them, but also tell me that it was largely or completely in my head. Um, mm. And then having to do my own research and then bring it <laughs> back to medical professionals and then being like, oh, okay, yeah. No, that is actually like you are hypermobile. And I'm like, yeah, I sure am. And they're like, huh. I, oh my God. And it turns <laughs> out hypermobility affects like all these just different aspects of your body. But then, you know, the fact that I was depressed, uh, I used to have a ton of UTIs, urinary tract infections, and um, uh, no trigger warning, I guess, for the listeners at home. But my uh, urine sample, sometimes the culture would come back negative, like there would be no bacteria grown in the culture. So they would be like, you don't have a urinary tract infection. And I would be like, I am in so much pain right now. I, I swear, like... And I got to the point of incontinence, which meant I oh. pissed myself in public, um, which is, um, yeah, that sucks. You really feel like you can't trust your body. And so for a long time, I was wearing these gigantic pads and adult diapers when I left the mm. house um, as like a early 30-something, late 20-something. Uh, when I had mono and I was not only in denial myself, but other people around me were in denial and told me I was being lazy. I once got stuck five minutes away from my house. I'd gone to a coffee shop to study. I'd walked literally five minutes away. I studied for a couple hours. I realized I wanted to use the bathroom. I needed about 20 minutes to get up the strength to go use the bathroom in the coffee shop. Made it back, <clears throat> decided I had done enough studying and I was going to walk back. And I walked out to the curb and um, collapsed in exhaustion and couldn't move and had to stay there for another 20 minutes until I could get it together to kind of like prop myself back up inside the coffee shop in a chair to look like a normal human being and realized I was stuck. Like I was, I was wow. physically stuck and I was 25 years old. And um, I had to call my roommate who was working and wait for her to get off of work a couple hours later so that she could come pick me up and drive me, again, a five-minute walk to our house. Um, wow. Yeah, it sucked. And so I just didn't trust my body at all. All of this is to say, like, uh, I've had a lot of doctors tell me, like, oh, this is just your depression. This is just your anxiety. Uh, the urinary tract stuff, I went to seven different urologists until one of them told me, oh, you have interstitial cystitis. But, um, you know, that was years of incredibly painful. Anyway, being denied by medical professionals is is never fun, but I'm sure a lot of people have experienced that. Why did I start talking about this? Oh, yeah, this, this stupid uh, <laughs> prison lenses. So I'm... Um, I'm feeling kind of out of control again. Like I can't trust mm -hmm. my body. Um, and I know it's part of growing older, but it's just bringing up a lot of stuff. So OCD is really trying it with me. Oh, yeah. 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 Right. So, yeah, that's that's super fun. And then on top of that, I just got out of a, let's say, complicated relationship. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we're both not talking to each other, not for like, I, I don't know how I want to phrase this. It's like, not because the two of us 
have like something toxic and we just need to give each other space and, you know, like blah, blah, blah. But because the situation outside of our relationship is so messed, I guess you could say, that it's really for the best interest of both of us that we um, just not talk to each other. And so that's fine. Um, be- I said that so harshly. <laughs> like, that's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's I'm totally over it. Fine. It just happened yesterday, it's, but it you know. Yesterday. I have no strong feeling because it's totally fine. And you know, if you say it fine 20 times, it, it fine. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so the OCD is really trying it because I can't talk to this person. It's the whole think of a, don't think of a pink elephant, right? And now yeah, yeah. I can think about it as a pink elephant. And even leading up to this decision not to talk to each other, I was already kind of like, oh yeah, this relationship should really be more of a friendship or, you know, is not serving me in whatever ways. And so I was already trying to kind of like disengage from it. But now the fact that there is like a boundary set. Oh, but I want to, I want to say this thing to the person or I want, I want to tell them about this other thing or, you know, now I have all these questions that I want them to answer or whatever it is. And so, yeah. Yeah. So you're seeking reassurance. Uh-huh. 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 Yeah. Uh-huh. Seeking reassurance and ruminating like a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Just like trying to run these like catastrophic scenarios and worst case scenarios and black and white thinking and blah, 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 all the cognitive distortions. So no, I'm not going to do this. And stupid OCD, like we've done this thing before. We've done the like piling pennies in groups of three. We've done the walking three steps this way, two steps that way. We've done all of these stupid physical compulsions because I didn't know you were OCD. And once I figured out you were OCD and I did the exposure work, we're done. Don't be bringing this back. (laughs) I don't (laughs) like this. (laughs) So, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we can't control our OCD. You know, I mean, that's, that's the, that's the worst part of it all. Right. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, we can have the tools to kind of manage, you know, and train our brain to do different things, but, um, we need those tools or yeah, we need those tools to be able to, um, bring us back to kind of moving forward, moving towards the things that we value most. And yeah, it's, it's hard uh, because I was reading something about, um, in terms of having OCD and I don't know the exact things because I'm not remembering exactly what it was, but it is something inside your brain that's actually, you know, and, and and then knowing that through, Uh yeah. And so having OCD is, is, is a process that's abnormal. And so knowing that is that realization that, okay, I'm living with it is that kind of acceptance of moving on. But I know when you're in the thick of a bunch of situations, I mean, you're dealing with physical health issues that's out of your control that's changing right that's Mm -hmm. scary Mm -hmm. um a relationship that you cared about ending Mm -hmm. that's a big deal yeah and searching for a new job i mean these are Mm -hmm. all like (laughs) these are all very big things yeah to happen all at once and i think I think the thing that I want to say as just as your friend, not just on the podcast, yeah, is that you have to just give yourself a little grace in the situation, right? Mm -hmm. And experience a little bit of compassion that all of these things, I mean, just having one of these things 
is complicated for anybody outside of OCD, outside of anything is can bring complexities to your life and, and rock it out of balance. But you're handling all three of these things. Yeah. And, and no judgment on whether or not it's going well or whatever, but you are the ability to be able to see that these, they're hard for you. That's great that you can see that. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. And yeah. Thank you for sharing all of yeah. this. I mean, that's, that's a uh, lot. Thank, yeah. And thank you for listening. I am. Um, yeah. I really, I'm really grateful. I have you as a friend. <clears throat> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. And also I am, I think the OCD is, it's like what you were saying before, like the trying to keep me from rejection. I think it's trying to keep me from being sad yeah. right now. Yeah. And I'm sad. You know what that happens, right? If you don't feel the feeling, you can't get through it. Yeah, and, exactly. And it just <laughs> perpetuates it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Doomed to repeat. Yep. 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 <clears throat> So on that happy note, what do you want to do this coming couple of weeks? <laughs> uh, so for me, I am, um, I'm only going to give myself one task to try to do. Not nice. because I feel like that giving myself one, I'll be successful. Well, that's kind of true. Uh, <laughs> um, I think for me, I really do want to, oh, I didn't talk about a thing. Um, I should say. So I submitted my short humor piece and it was rejected. <laughs> and, and so this is the second time that I submitted a short humor piece and was rejected. And the distance between these two was about a year and a half. Wow. And the first time I was rejected, it really hurt. Yeah. To the point of like, I never wanted to do it again. Yeah. And almost gave up. And but to be fair, there was a lot of shit happening at that time. And so I just, you know, my dad just died and, you know, all this other stuff was happening. So I don't know what I was expecting beyond that. Yeah. When I got rejected, it felt like, eh, you know, that that hurt a little, you know, it's like getting rejected. But it didn't feel like it deterred me. Awesome. To try to submit it somewhere else. Okay. The first thing that I want to do is I'm going to submit the same piece to some people to for review because I made some quick changes to it and I feel like I, I want to punch up a few jokes. And so that's just what I want to do. And then the intent is within a two week time period, I was going to, I'm going to resubmit it to another place and, and then hope for another rejection or, or get it finally out in the open and people can read it. So um kind of excited about that. Hells yeah. Yeah. And then I want to work on this podcast. I mean, I want to get episode 12 done and and out for everybody to listen to. So um because I think hearing Ege and hearing another voice and a very, uh -huh. very funny voice. Um yes. I've been laughing as I've been <laughs> editing. So um so very happy about that. And I'm excited for others to listen to it. So that's, these are the two things I'm going to work on. That's fucking amazing, man. I'm and I'm glad it. you, yeah, you are. <laughs> I'm also really glad that you talked about how it felt uh, with the re rejections with the writing and the difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <sighs> that's big, man. I know it was, it was huge. I mean, even to acknowledge yeah. that change, I was, uh, you know, I don't know for me, it felt big. Um, yeah. to be able to notice that difference and then actually feel the sting and allowing myself to feel the sting. Because I think that's the misconception of like, 
you know, as you were talking about positive thinking, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, just put a positive spin on it. At least for me, not being able to feel the initial pain is 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 a bad thing for me. Uh-huh. Pain is a feeling that is natural, mm-hmm. um, just like sadness, just like anger, just like happiness. You know, they're all feelings. And so talking a little bit in my head, that's a little negative, you know, a little self-criticism's criticism, but just noting it as, oh, I'm being Mm self-critical. I mean, I was like blown away (laughs) that I was like, I was able to do that. Yeah. I don't know. For me, it's big. It's, it's huge. It's massive. Yeah. I mean, to be able to do any acknowledgements either in the moment or shortly thereafter of this Mm -hmm. is what's happening is, it is such a gigantic first step. It's almost like 50 to 75% of the work. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And it's like, you don't see the work incrementally, right? Mm-hmm. Until a moment like that happens. Mm-hmm. To anybody else, they're like, oh yeah, I felt that before. And then they moved on. But in in the way yes. that our brain processes yeah. pain and urgency and other things like that, it was a huge step to be able to acknowledge. I, even though it happened, even though things happened and I wasn't judging myself in terms of about my criticism to myself, um, but acknowledging that the sensation of mm-hmm. feeling that sting, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, you know, and but then at the same time, I don't want to keep reiterating this. To me, it's just like <laughs> it's huge to me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But uh I don't know if we were talking about it before the podcast or whatever, but it's like the only way through the feelings, through the pain, the only way to truly deal with it is through it. And the OCD sends us into these little eddies. Yeah, we were talking about it. It's like it just doesn't get processed. No. But it's under the lie that this is how you deal with it. This is the correct way to deal with it. I know how to deal with it. My name is OCD and you just got to touch that pine cone. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Or just continually ruminate on all the things that you could have changed or or whatever. Yeah. Or research until you find an answer that feels right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, today's podcast yeah. was just a lighthearted romp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're a comedy podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Let's talk comedy. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And I, I think, I like, really, as you were talking about the second rejection, I was like... Oh, gosh, I hope she, you know, applies again, because, you know, from the outsider's perspective, and I've said it before on this podcast, you were such a phenomenal writer, and you were so goddamn hilarious as a writer, and (laughs) just so talented that I'm like, oh, these stupid idiots didn't jump at the chance of being the first people to publish I had an eye piece like, I mean, they're fucking lost. But like, uh, on top of that, I'm just like, oh, I hope this isn't an Eddie that Heather gets stuck in that she's going to ruminate over. But also I was like, curiosity mindset. Why don't we just stop and listen to Heather and see where she goes with it? (laughs) 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 And curiously enough, you said that you're going to reapply. I'm just so proud of you. That's dope. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I gave myself some space also to not just jump and then re like submit. Cause I also felt like I needed to feel the rejection in the moment yeah and and try a little bit slower at things too because i also think that there's a thing that i do where i just like get it done 
Yeah. So just so I can't look at it anymore. Yeah. And and that doesn't work to my benefit, at least right now. Uh-huh. That's again good acknowledgement. You just good, good, good. Yeah. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Uh, do you ever listen to Neil Brennan's podcast blocks? Um, no, but I've, I've, um, heard clips on, um, Instagram. Whenever they, like somebody says a, a block that they actually have or whatever, there's a little ding in the background. So I feel like every oh. time we like <laughs> do an OCD thing or something, we should have like a quack. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just pulling from Neil. Oh, I'm going to talk about me this week. Okay. Uh, these yeah. two weeks. What am I doing? Um, it's job search season, baby. Job mm-hmm. search season, feeling all the feels, processing. Yeah, I don't think there's any comedy stuff per se, but that's that's okay. Mm-hmm. I'm working towards building the base so I can do more comedy. Yeah. You're just yeah. you're building that I don't I was going to say fortress. I'm like, what is the fortress? <laughs> It's a fortress of solitude. Nobody's getting in. For comedy? Yeah. Comedy exists best in a vacuum. And if you uh-huh. don't know that already, like, I don't know what to tell you. The thing about comedy is no laughter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's what drives me is when I was in high school, I had three career aspirations. I either wanted to be a backcountry ranger, I wanted mm-hmm. to be a hermit, or I wanted to be a drag queen. <laughs> The classic three. I'm trying to find the thread that's related to all of those things. And I'm like, none of those things are related, Gabby. It's like. Oh, you're looking at her. <laughs> that's thread. Just pure nonsense. What if I, I just didn't think about combining them. What if I was such a backcountry ranger, like so far in the backcountry that is basically a hermit. That's two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. dressed in full like gown regalia because I didn't want to be a drag mm-hmm. king I wanted to be a drag queen I wanted to do like heightened femininity nonsense like a mm-hmm. you know the ridiculousness of the gender binary uh yeah so just out there in corsetry and high heels on the mountain you know classic. by yourself yeah, yeah. <laughs> for yourself by yourself <laughs> <laughs> spitting jokes at the mountain goats uh-huh <laughs> that's right well um is this the end of our pod (laughs) sure is uh welcome to the end of the podcast you made it and now we're gonna say goodbye yeah goodbye bye Bye. Bye -bye. feel good about yourself goodbye (laughs) welcome to the end of the show this is gabby blackman and this is heather nye Thank you for listening to Comically Exposed. We are just a little show with two creators who edit and produce each episode. We appreciate all your support. If you like what you heard, please follow us on Instagram at comicallyexp.podcast. That's C-O-M-I-C-A-L-L-Y-E-X-P dot podcast. Or subscribe to us on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. New episodes drop every other Wednesday. Also, special thanks to Track Club and Golden Finch for providing the music. Thanks for listening. And hey, everybody, today is a great day to expose yourself. Okay, until next time, ta-da for ta-da. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs>